Welcome to Drinking With Authors. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the always able to interrupt constantly. She was about to just then, Valerie Willis. I'm going to fight the urge to say something about the, the Zoom lady. Yes, I know you do. This, she, I just I wish she would like be at the beginning of every recording because it, it just, I don't know. It just seems weird. She is when you use Zoom, but can we announce our guest now? Because um, you're weird. And I appreciate you. So our guest today is Cheryl Pena. Welcome. Welcome. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking. So out of some drinking with author swag, I am drinking uh, Aha Lime and Watermelon Water with gin. There's more gin than a lot of the water, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Valerie, what are you drinking today? I'm I'm being boring. <laughs> I'm being sober because I have important things to do after this. Uh, so I'm drinking a butter pecan New England's best coffee with frosted gingerbread cookie creamer. It is glorious. I don't, I don't feel that's Ooh. really boring. I think you just said it was boring, but it doesn't sound boring <laughs> at all. It sounds Other delicious. Than- so- <laughs> I might have put some whiskey in it if it was me. Okay. Cheryl, <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, I've got Stella Rosa Moscato from Italy. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So I, I kind of like Italian wines usually. I don't drink a lot. So I may be tipsy already a little bit from already drinking some of it <laughs> before we start. I <laughs> love all of that. So that is exciting. <laughs> It's okay. Um, Sorry, champagne for the first time on the show that I don't remember that episode ending. <laughs> she good. doesn't remember more than half of that episode. It was fun list- watching her. She was listening to it because she went off the rails. It's fine. So you can <laughs> totally lose it. But for those out there that may not know you, Cheryl, what do you write? Um, I write sci-fi thrillers. Um, I have one suspense thriller, which was my debut, but I wrote that like 30 years ago of all weird things. And so, <laughs> so I was writing different stuff back then. So, um, so that's why that one's a suspense thriller, but then I switched to sci-fi. Okay. What, well, let's start with how many books do you have out? I have four. So the first one was published when I turned 50. And um, so I've only been publishing for about three years. So I know that's kind of weird for some people, but um I've I've actually since met a lot of authors who started late. So I'm like, yay. Yeah. Oh, we have a lot of authors on this show that start late. A lot of times it's you were too busy doing life for the longest time. And now you have a break from having to do life and you can go, what do I want to do now? And then you can write. I think that's a a great approach. So wait a minute, we need to go back. So how long have you been published? About three years. So I'm 52 now. Okay, so three years, but your book was written 30 years ago? Yeah, so I wasn't going to publish it originally. I was just going to write it for fun. And um, I wrote it off and on for, um, God, years. And I just happened to mention to a friend, hey, I finished my novella. She said, oh, I didn't know you were writing anything. And I'm like, oh, I've, been, I've always written. Ever since I was three, I've been writing. So she's like, oh, can I read it? And I thought, oh, God, please, no. I was afraid to let her read it. I was like, she's going to hate it and make fun of me. But um, she's not like that. But uh, so, so I let her read it and she said, you should really publish this. And I thought, oh, God, nobody's going to publish this. I thought, no, of course not. And um, so I sent it to a publisher and they said, yes. And I was just, what? 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've always, I had, I had some amazing teachers and they said, what's the harm? And like, things can't happen unless you put it in a position of happening. Right. So yeah. it's always worth, if the worst that changes is nothing, because that's essentially what a rejection in publishing, it, it doesn't change anything. But the fact that you, you at least finally took that plunge and got that immediate pickup is, is incredible. I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was, it was fun because um, that, that first six, that when she, when she told me it went to the second level, I, I screamed and I was in my office at work and I screamed. I was so excited. <laughs> And then everybody ducked under their desks. Right. And, and that's <laughs> how that's did. It was pretty loud. <laughs> well, I, I'm curious. So um, you said you've been writing since you were three, um, doing sci-fi thrillers. That's interesting. So what, because I, I feel like generally that's more a male written genre. I'm not saying it has to be. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, it's kind of like hometown romance. Some people write that are male write hometown romance, but if you probably lined up a hundred authors, predominantly female there, right? What made you decide to go that genre? Were you a fan? I have been a big fan of sci-fi since I was little. So yeah, I've always loved sci-fi. And some of it, I mean, I sort of watched it when I was a kid because we watched, um, you know, lots and lots of movies. So like Logan's Run and, and, um, what's the other one? Oh, like um soylent green stuff like that we've been I, i've been watching all that kind of stuff since i was a kid so these classic sci-fi movies and my mom introduced me to star trek when i was really little and um and i was hooked on it i just loved it i loved all of it uh we watched the prisoner uh, religiously with patrick mcgoohan and um i i've just I, ever since then i've just been just i don't know obsessed almost <laughs> I'm, I'm a big nerd i'm a big nerd so, oh, you are yeah. talking to two big nerds, so you are okay. Yay. I'm sure it literally says Bazinga on it. So. Oh, yay! <laughs> um, I have a T-shirt that says Starfleet Academy on it, and I'm really proud of that one. <laughs> but I didn't wear it today for some reason. No, oh, that's okay. You you didn't know. You didn't know. You were like, <laughs> um, what company you kept today? <laughs> so, with the sci-fi, what made you go thriller, though? Because I write horror thrillers. That's one of the genres that I write. Um, but what made you decide to go that route? Um, I think it's because a lot of what I read in school was mostly um, that, I, that I really resonated with was thrillers. Um, we didn't read a lot of sci-fi back then. We read a few, but not a lot. Yeah, and um, so and I liked the the sci the sci fi ones, but I I guess I just didn't think of it as viable um, as far as like a career for a woman because there weren't really any that we were reading back then, um, as, aside from Frankenstein, of course, which we did read, and I loved it. But um, I was like, oh, I don't know. It was it seemed kind of weird that people would make fun of me, so I didn't really want to go in that that route to start with. So I okay. did start with thrillers because um, um. I guess I had this idea for one, and and so that's why I started with that one. But um, most of my ideas for books were all sci-fi, and I just I never wrote them. I wrote them down, but I never wrote the books until, of course, I published the first one. So you went traditional publisher the first route, correct? Uh, small press, but yes. Yeah, but I still consider small press traditional if it's a you know the yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more methodology than size, as far as I'm concerned, in the, you know, 
Um, but what about your next books? What did you do there? Did you stay with the um, I sent them to the same publisher. So um, I figured it might be easier in some ways because they had already accepted one of them. So I thought, well, maybe they'll accept more. And they did. So um, they published my next three. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. So now that you've done, now it seems like you're sort of rapid firing. Do you feel like you're a fast author, like as far as writing goes? Um, I I don't know. I mean, some people might say that, but um, I've also got like friends who write much much faster, and uh, I don't I don't know how they do it. But um, I I have like I think another 15, 16 manuscripts that I have that are still being edited. So I've written more, but I just haven't, I don't feel like they're completed and ready yet. So um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with those just yet. Um, I don't know if I'm going to send them back to the same publisher or go somewhere else or what I want to do, but. No, that makes sense. I mean, have you thought about doing self-publishing? Or I did. I like, I like I did. publishing, so. Yeah, I think um, for me, I would want to have them professionally edited and I cannot afford that. I am not in a, a good financial position currently. So um, with with paying for the artwork, because you want to get the rights to the artwork and um, all of that, I, I just can't afford it. So it's probably not going to happen for me. No, that makes sense. I mean, hopefully soon, though, that that will be the case. So being a gigantic nerd, what was it like when your first book came out for you? Yeah, holding it in your hands for the first time. That was exciting. It was so exciting. And and I got the 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 proofs, I guess, or or the the AR, the ARCs in, in the in the mail for my publisher. And I was I knew what it was because she had told me they were coming. And I was so I was really excited. And I get this this box from Barnes and Noble and I was like, oh, I know what this is. And um I took pictures as I opened it up because I was like, this you'll never get another first book, right? You'll never get yeah. a first one ever again. And so I took pictures as I opened it up to try to make sure that I documented the whole experience of opening it up. But uh, no, yeah, I was I so the excited. The first time I held one of my books, <laughs> I opened it and I sniffed it. My husband's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I can smell my words. <laughs> like, <laughs> Books have a smell that's great. I love. I always love the smell of books. I don't know why. Maybe Maybe yeah. I'm weird that way. <laughs> no, I think that a lot of people like I, I tell people book sales wise, um, you know, hardbacks are selling almost as much as ebooks in a way because people like to touch the books. They like to hold the books. They like to they like to fondle the paper. It, it's just <laughs> it's just there's a point in time, yeah. you, you know, uh, our friend Mark Muncie always says it. What is it? A thousand books. If you have a thousand books in your home, you are then legally a library. <laughs> just you know, like, yikes okay well yeah. hmm. <laughs> keep, keep, keep that in mind as you are filling bookshelves and stuff like that that's that's the case um, yeah. um <laughs> Val questions I always overstep the no. uh so are you a plotter or a pantser um definitely a pantser I make it up as I go I have kind of a general idea where I might want to go. I don't always know the ending, but um, I have an idea usually that where I want the plot to go, like what kind of um, themes I want to tackle sometimes. Um, and so I kind of write to that. 
but I don't usually have everything. Like, I don't know what each chapter, like if somebody said, oh, I read chapter six and I loved it. I'm like, which one was that? I don't know. You'll have to tell me what happened in that chapter because I don't remember. <laughs> That's Erica. <laughs> That's me. People sometimes say stuff to me and I'm like, what? Is that even in the book? I But to them, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, no, cool. And then I'm like, control F. What is yeah yeah because I don't I don't know yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm more involved and though I plot my characters still like surprise me on vacation so when people yeah. when people go to cafes riding with me I'll be like I go no he didn't I had I had one where I was writing it's still not published yet but I was I was writing it and I loved the way the scene was going. And I'm like, way to go, Mark. You know, like, I was like, I really love that. <laughs> oh, my God, so I love it. that. You did a great job there, dude. <laughs> it's so thrilling because it because at some point while you're writing, and I think this is where you hit that point where you, uh, you've now created a habit of writing. So now you're thinking less about having to sit down and write. And instead... You're sitting down and you're chasing the story. And at that point, it's almost like equivalent to sitting down and like binge watching a Netflix show. <laughs> you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know if, because if, I know a lot of people don't do this, but like when you're reading, uh, I do the same when I'm writing. I see it like a movie. It's playing in front of me. And some people, when they read, they just see the words. And I, I was, that blew my mind when I heard that. I'm like, there are people who don't see it like a movie, <laughs> but there really are. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I mean, it's fine. It's it's not weird or anything, but I was like, I always saw it just so clearly in my head. However, you know, I cast them in my head. I know who the actors, I want to play them because that's, you know, who I'm picturing when I'm writing it, you know. Oh, know. well then who have we cast in our books? Yeah. Well, um. The, the, I guess the the, the, the C, because um, yeah, the thing is, I don't remember. I'm not good with names. So, like, I know their faces. <laughs> the guy who played is so-and-so in such and such movie totally counts. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, like this one, though, I, I know, because this one and this one are a series. So, uh, that one I know, because I remember when I, I remember where I got the idea for the books, because I watched the Three Flavors Carnetto trilogy back-to-back. And they're comedy movies, but for some reason I had this nightmare that night when I, because I, I don't know why I watched them back to back, but I had this nightmare, I guess because they were fun. I was enjoying it. I, I was like, oh, let's put the next one on. And I just put the next one on. Punished you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had this nightmare. And and of course, Simon Pegg is the, the, the lead actor in all those three movies. So the lead character in those, I pictured as Simon Pegg right off the bat. But, um, the other ones, I'm not, I, and only because I, I, I just watched the movies. The only reason I know, because otherwise I, I'm not good with names. I'm really bad with names. I'm with you on that. I can tell you what movie <laughs> they were in, but I can't tell you much more than that particular piece of information. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm so bad with that, but I really, I, and then people will tell me their name and then I'll think I'll remember. But it's like in one ear, out the other. I really don't remember. And then I'm like, sorry. And then I'm just like, okay, you over there, you know. <laughs> You in the red shirt. I I, I, know, I, I I need to I think I know more actor and actresses' names that were like popular in like nineties movies than anything else. Like you know what, me too, probably like Kevin yeah. Cotter, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and some of the eighties ones too, but not as many, but only because I'm I, that's been a long time, but <laughs> that's where my yes. <laughs> Like, who do you want to play as Lilith? I said Michelle Pfeiffer. And they're like, 
uh, she's old, Val. <laughs> like, we'll she, find she someone like good, her. Though. She looks really good, though. So I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm like, no, she looks good still. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Some of these people are so lucky. And then I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I've gained so much weight and stuff over the years. And I, I don't look anything like I did when I was in my 20s. So <laughs> I don't know. No. Um. We all have that change. I love looking yeah. at photos. I realize that's one thing about being sort of a famous star that I would be like, hmm, is uh, when they when when I go back and look at movies from when I was a teenager, I'd be like, ooh, oh, I don't, yeah, I can see why they end up getting so much plastic surgery and stuff like that because you're seeing yourself all the time live from when you were like a twenty, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And then you look in the mirror and you know that's not what you look like, you know. But yeah. um I don't know. I think I think people tend to look better when they age naturally. This is my personal opinion, of course. Um yeah. I, I kind of think it looks better, but um I, I I feel and so this is another theme that I like to to, to put in my books. <laughs> um <laughs> older protagonists, because um yes. I feel like people are conditioned, you know, with you know, the way society is to, to think that aging is not attractive. And I think that's sad because it's not unattractive. It's not. And I, I, I feel like people who um, are like, right, you know, like if you're writing sci-fi, for example, and you read a lot of sci-fi, a lot of the main characters, the main characters, not the side characters are usually in their twenties or thirties. Yeah. So I usually try to do at least mid thirties and up. Um, and usually 40s or so or, or, uh, or older because I just feel like your life isn't done you're still you can still go on adventures and stuff back then so you know it's not it's not it's not yeah, a bad thing a lot of a lot of especially with science fiction and um, and it's only recently that fantasy starting to curve curve this a little bit um, are always like coming of age or early self-discovery like 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 you said, that that whole they're in their late teens or early twenties, and they don't know who they are or where they want to be, and being able to take a character who knows who they are and where they are in society, but wants to push the boundaries, I think is a more exciting story. That's uh, exactly maybe it's how because I feel. I'm in my thirties, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, if they're already established, it doesn't mean they can't change gears mid, you know, midlife and do something else. So um, I feel like a lot of my themes are, are about starting over and things like that, like later in life. And it's not, I don't know. I don't know why I, I do it. that. It's probably because I've done it so many times. <laughs> no, that's true. And also, I hate to say it. I love, you know, younger adventures, but somebody who's in their 30s, 40s is actually going to know shit. Not somebody who's at 19 years old is very unlikely to know shit. I remember <laughs> what I was like when I was 19 years old. I didn't know shit. Like, I think that is hysterical. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think that's wonderful. So you did you say one of your books is a series? Well, it, there's two books. So there's there's um, there's The Scent of the Vile, which is book one, and The Blood Hotel is book two. Okay. I have not decided whether there will be a book three. How come you have not decided that? Um, I guess because I, I pictured it being just the two books, but I'm, I have a friend who read both books and is very adamant that I write a third book. So I, so I may or may not write a third, maybe to please her, I'll write a third book. I don't know, but I haven't yet. I still have working on other stuff, so I haven't yet decided, but. 
I see. Um, I could agree with your friend probably as a oh, fans. <laughs> if your fans are saying write a third book, write a third book. If it's there, if you know a story, you know. If, yeah. if I do have some ideas, but not a plot yet. So that's okay. You'll have another nightmare and it's all going to come. You know what's weird is yes, that's probably true because I have very vivid dreams and I and I have used them for books before. Yeah. No, I am there with you. I feel I feel this. Like I've even had moments where I was struggling with revisions and then I had a dream that night that fixed everything. And it was the dream is like it's a bridge and there's like a wrought iron little cafe set up. And my character's sitting there and he's like, sit down, we have to talk. (laughs) (laughs) That's the kind of vivid dreams I have when I'm writing in the wrong direction. (laughs) Oh, wow. See, I don't, I don't dream about my characters that often unless they're the lead character in the story. So like I have, I I have weird sci-fi dreams that I'm like colonizing an alien planet and stuff like that. So I'm in totally odd, really weird dreams. Oh, <laughs> I get I get all my ideas from people watching because what I do is I go, oh that's interesting. Then I go, how could that go horribly wrong? And then I have this brilliant like is that about I, me all day long. <laughs> it's true. That was the inspiration for many a short story. I don't even have to do anything. We <laughs> listen. I was visiting her house. It's we just finished eating breakfast. She goes next door to the custom brewery to pick up mead. She's talking to the cashier. I'm behind her, and behind me is uh her man and his twin, and this small, tiny old woman. This is like 10 30 in the morning, 11 in the morning, parks them, grabs me, spins me around. She goes, Do you feel that? <laughs> and I'm smacking Erica to get her attention to help me as she's smacking me off of her. I was buying mead. She was interrupting the purchase of mead. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I didn't hear any like, screaming. It was fine. <laughs> she's like, "Don't you feel the great vibe, uh, good vibrations? They're coming out of you. <laughs> they are like." The- <laughs> <laughs> And of course, those two are looking at each other like, what is happening? <laughs> but that's, that's so, yeah, weird dreams. And we and Erica's, how can this go wrong? I, I don't even have to try. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That was a fun moment because she was like, why didn't anybody help me? And we were like, you weren't in danger. It was fine. <laughs> And you have your phone out and you're making notes, right? The whole time. Yeah, I'm like, you're fine. Click, click. You're good. Don't worry. (laughs) Go ahead and say that again so I can write that down. Yeah, exactly. Let's go someplace together alone. And I'm like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) The best part actually was she was wearing an adult onesie, like one Uh. of the ones you get from Walmart. (laughs) <laughs> that was had it was like a unicorn one, which I appreciate, but she that's what this person was wearing. And I was like, I couldn't have even written this scene better than what's in <laughs> And then if you wrote it down and put it in a book, people would be like, that wouldn't happen in real life. <laughs> you know what? It's so interesting because I, I watch a lot of true crime and stuff like that. And um I run into that. I've written scenes that are literally almost right out of something that happened. And people go, that would never happen. Mm. But it did. Like, <laughs> yeah, No, uh, we were, me and Arrow Hoy, 
she's a another author in Orange, uh, Orange Blossom Publishing. We went out to a cafe and we watched in horror as a woman took off her bra and then flung it across the cafe. Oh wow! <laughs> and he started crumbling up papers and handing them out to everyone. And Ariel's like, "This is because I'm with you." <laughs> <laughs> And then if you put that, like somebody would do that, people go, nobody would do that. And I'm like, (laughs) Val lives in Florida. People do shit like that all the time. (laughs) Okay. We actually have to take a quick break. We're going to do that. And we will be right back with the show. Hey, listeners, you know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Okay, so we were just talking about flinging our bras across cafes and other <laughs> uh, sundry things that we should be doing. No, just kidding. So as an author, um, what is it like? Do you read your reviews and stuff like that? What is what has fan interaction been like for you? Um, I want to say I don't pay attention to them. I really do. But I I can't help but to be curious what people are thinking because you don't always get to talk to people before they've, I mean, like after they've read the book, like you talk to them before. Yeah. And um, like at book signings and stuff. So I don't always get to see what they really thought of it. And so I, I can't help being a little curious, but um, I mean, I don't put a lot of stock in it. If they loved it, I'm happy with that. But if, if they are kind of ambivalent, I'm like, Oh, well, it's, it wasn't written for them then, you know, it was written for someone, exactly. who, you know, so um, no, for, for it, people who are, you have to treat it that way because, first of all, it's not the. It's so funny. This has come up before, but I always say what you should pay attention to is if they're like, "Hi, you keep changing tenses throughout the book." Well, that's actually a technical thing. You should probably look into that. But other than that, opinion is opinion, and you have no idea who they are, what they're at in their life, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and, and they may just like fan. different stuff. That's okay. You know, everybody yeah. likes the same thing. So that's tr- very true. That is very true. Okay. Go. Well, questions. Oh, questions. Mm-hmm. What uh do you do any research for your for your books? Oh. Is it like a go-to yes. place that you you dig in and it keeps, um, keeps the fire burning? Um, I I don't think there's a specific place because I think it depends on what I'm looking up. Um, so there's not like one place, but, um, I know I was looking up, um, especially for Descent of the Vile, like a lot of weird stuff, like how long does gasoline last? Like before it starts to break down. Um, I wanted to know how long like fabrics lasted before they started to break down, um, plastics and things like that, like various materials, how long batteries would last before they started to die, you know, like weird, weird stuff like that. Cause it's kind of a post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic. Yeah. I was going to say, then she like- Googles dead bodies like me and ends up in police headquarters. <laughs> That's okay. 
uh, I was Googling how to make soap with uh, animal fats. <laughs> I'm telling you, as writers, we just need to back each other up if any of us get arrested yes. and go, yes. it looks bad. There's actually a writer. I don't know. I, I forget. And I don't even care about her name because she doesn't do it. But she was, um, was an author and she wrote a book where a woman killed her husband and then she killed her husband. Oh, yes. I heard about that. That was yeah. crazy. It is not so. And she totally did it from insurance money, which when people do that, I'm like, you're a terrible human being. But what yeah. was interesting to me about that is I'm like, this woman ruined it for the rest of us because we could walk in and go, listen, I'm an author. Like, <laughs> I, here are my books where I kill people, right? But now, because of that case, that's not going to hold any water. They're going to still be <laughs> down the rabbit hole going, yeah, yeah that's cute, that. but you'd probably kill people. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all have FBI profile folders someplace <laughs> oh i'm sure i do i'm sure i do somewhere yeah because you know there's a weird stuff there's research. FBI fan that says you know what let's fuck with Val today. <laughs> there was one day i was um i was driving down this one kind of residential street and Ooh. i was just past the library and this guy like behind me is like a police officer and he puts his lights on i'm like what did i do i was doing nothing i wasn't speeding i, I didn't re you know run a red light or anything I pulled over and um, he, he gets out of the car and he wants to see my ID. And, and I asked him, what did I do? And he won't say anything. He just walks back to his car and I'm getting nervous and my heart is pounding. Right. And, and I'm like, I'm getting ready to pass out because I'm so nervous. I'm like, what did he, what is he doing? And he comes back and he wants to know then if I know this person, this person or this person, I'm like, no, no, I don't know these people. And I was terrified. I'm like, well, what's going on? And and then he finally tells me that they had warrants under my license plate number. And I would thought I was going to get arrested. I'm like, I don't know these people. I don't know them. I bought this car from the dealership. I got the tags from the tax office. And he says, oh, oh well, fine. you know, um, yeah. And he said, well, they reuse those numbers sometimes. I'm like, oh, my God, I want a new license plate number. Like. Please. Please tell me you're you're using this in a story someplace. Oh, I know. I'm right. I should. But it, yeah, it was terrifying. Like a, I thought it was like, I could see a Netflix TV series scene playing out like that. Yeah, it would have been better if I had actually been like, um, you know, like in handcuffs or something like at the back of the car at some point. But no, I was still sitting in the car. But so it wasn't that exciting, you really. But were the person they were looking for. Oh, ooh. Dun, dun, dun. or you did know who it was <laughs> and you were like hiding them away because to prove their innocence or they were um you know like bundled up in the trunk of my car could have been so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like you're like you're the murderer they're being blamed for it but you're actually the killer yeah could have yeah. been yeah could have been i like this. <laughs> this is brain this is best brainstorming session ever for the next thriller <laughs> yes yes it is and i won't rule out writing another thriller but i i do i, I have to say i love sci-fi but <laughs> well, that could be a sci-fi thriller because it doesn't oh. have to be a spaceship i mean you can have authorities pull you out or there there's i got arrested <laughs> once because my sister they thought i was my sister you know yeah oh wow yeah, that was super fun until they like because they're this and then they said their the rights, you know, and blah, blah. And then they're like and they said her name. And I was like, wait, what? 
what? Because <laughs> like, I thought it was for other things. No, I'm just kidding. Like that. <laughs> I'm terrible. So let's talk a little bit about your writing process, and then we'll probably do some literary brief questions. So sure. what is your writing process? Um, let's see. So for some reason, I think it's because I used to write at night after work. Uh, I have to write it in, in the evening. I don't know why. If it's not dark, I can't write. So, um, and, and I try. I try during the day, and I just cannot. It, it, my brain doesn't create anything. And so uh, usually in the evenings after I've had dinner, I'll, I'll bring, break out the tablet with my Bluetooth keyboard because that's how I have to write. And I'll, um, I'll write into my Word document because, you know, I write in Word. I know I'm old. Um, <laughs> I do too. You're not old. I like Word. I don't know. It does Grammar everything I need spelling check do. has improved so much. Like I tell people yes. all the time, take five minutes and check those settings every update. Yeah, but I'm also a grammar nerd, so I, I hate it when it's wrong. I get mad at it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not true. true. <laughs> that's that's how you know you're you've hit a new level as an author when you can recognize when word is wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was one of those kids who uh, I grew up with my mom who was an English major and uh, she she graduated summa cum laude a long time ago. And uh, she had a um she, uh, a, a concentration, I don't, I don't remember how, how they worded it, but in old English literature. So she had all these Shakespeare books and Chaucer and all kinds of stuff like that laying around. And I was reading them at like, you know, eight, nine years old and, and, and on into 10. And so um, I was testing like college level at 10 years old and um, doing like um, all this grammar exercises for fun, diagramming sentences for fun. I was a big, big nerd. And I loved English, and I like that was my boy favorite favorite class. But I couldn't say that because everybody would, you know, they would get mad and beat you up if you said that. So I couldn't say it back then. But English was my favorite class. I loved it. That is, well, that's awesome. Uh, and it's I think that as a writer that we have those kind of things. You know what I mean? It's within. Yeah. So um, one question I had for you. So you can only write at night. So have you tried to trick yourself out of doing that? Yeah, I got some blackout curtains for the windows and stuff like that. And it, it, it doesn't work because there haven't been enough hours that I've been awake for some reason. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know why. And I think, it, I think it's because I trained myself, you know, unintentionally, of course, to write at night. And uh, if I can get up early enough where it's still dark, then sometimes I can write, um, but it, not usually as much. Like I'll write like 500 words or something. And then, you know, uh, seven o'clock comes around and then I'll crank out like 4,000 words for some reason. So I don't know why I do that, but, and, and I can't do it every day because I can't write every day. So um, whenever I'm feeling up to it, of course, I'll, you know, protect health issues, but I'll, I'll, if I'm feeling up to it, definitely I can, I can write a lot. I think the most I ever wrote in one day was like 15,000 words or something like that. Wow. Yeah. That in is one amazing. day. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was like, that what? <laughs> no, when you're on fire, you don't want to break away. You're like, wait, you're doing the hand wave. As people are trying to talk to you, you're like, no, 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 no. Not right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and I handled the door a lot. Well, I, I lived I'm it my, by myself at the time, so it wasn't quite as bad. Just my yeah. dog at the time. Just my dog. No, even my no. dog. Right now, he's whining at the door, and I'm like, "Oh, he's fine." I love, I love dogs. 
<laughs> look, that's the one thing about I love puppies. I love them. But I, when I'm writing in the afternoon or something, they're like, hey. And I'm like, no, no, hey, <laughs> no, hey, you are not writing this book. You can go hey in the other room. That's what you can do. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, can you, you know, at, at some point you've got to feed me, you know, or I'm going to pee on the floor, you know, and then you got to do it. You know, you got to, you got to take care of them, but you know, or you put pads down. It's kind of like when you get up when you're in bed to go pee, you run, you do it, you don't touch anything else, get back in bed. Otherwise you're screwed. I know how yeah. this works. I know how this works. Okay. Very cool. Well, we're going to go into literary briefs. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Right. Right. Fire questions. Here you go. What is your favorite book of all time? Um, okay. I want to say Hamlet by William Shakespeare because I've read it so many times and I love that book. Um, but if, if you're going by re like recent, maybe, then it would be probably... Um, Andy Weir, Project Hail Mary, because um, I love that book. I even cried at the end, and I never cry when reading. Wow. Wow. Okay. What about least favorite? Um, least favorite. Least okay, I'm probably in the minority here. I did not like Nona the Ninth. Uh, I just couldn't get into it. Um, I, I liked things about it. There were things that were interesting about it, like, you know, the setting and stuff, but uh, I guess because I hadn't read the previous books, maybe I, I couldn't get into it. Like I didn't really understand what these people, what, why they're doing these things they're doing. And it, it didn't really get into it for quite a ways. And I finally just gave up on it. So um, I, I might give it another chance later, but right now I'm like, mm, not really, not right now. Okay. Okay. What about, um, since you're sci-fi, what is your favorite sci-fi book? Uh, well, that would be the Project Hail Mary probably because... <laughs> Yeah, because it was it was good. I I loved that he made you care about the characters, and and it was it was funny. It was it was you know entertaining all the way through, and um, you know, and then of course, like I said, I cried, which is like I never do that ever. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. What about a book to a movie? Where do you think they did a good job of translating a book into a movie or a TV show? Hmm. Okay, so. The only one I can think of, because I don't usually watch them if they've if they've done that, but the only one I can think of is, you know, either Die Hard, because I know it was originally a book, oh. and I thought the movie was good. I've never read the book, though, so I couldn't really say how good the book is, but um, I thought that the movie is like an instant classic, and it's fun, and, and you know, everybody you know watches <laughs> like every year or whatever around christmas and it, that is a christmas movie it I is it is in my with opinion. that till the end of time that is a <laughs> holiday true. movie yeah yeah and, and and it was fun and so i think they they, they had to do that because it was going to come out around christmas so you know it, it was it was a fun movie and um you know of course you know alan rickman stole the show he was amazing and um and i just loved the 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 movie but you know, if I had read the book, maybe I'd be like, oh, that wasn't very faithful to the book. You know, maybe I would have been a little more upset about it. I don't know, but the I thought they was, did a good job. Uh, much, much earlier in life and yes. is a little bit um, dated. Uh, like, it they, was, I also I think know the book, if I am not wrong, which fans could be screaming at this podcast, but I think the book was written in 19, like 60 something. Like mm. it was old school. Like it was, yes. So. I also hear the tone wasn't quite the same either. It wasn't as 
it wasn't funny. Fun. It, yeah. yeah, it was supposed to be more serious. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then I, I kind of like the more fun tone. Another yeah. book, book to movie adaptation that kind of has similar vibes was Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is a, t- no offense to me, a terrible book, but the movie was, is now timeless, right? So it's amazing that sometimes it flips. So what is the, where do you think they did badly to a book movie or book to TV adaptation? Um. Well, okay, so. She's like, I, I, I love the book Aragon by Christopher Paolini. Oh. I loved that book. It was like one of the, my favorite books, uh, fantasy books. Cause I don't read a lot of fantasy. I like, I read some of it, but not a lot. And um, that movie was so phenomenally bad. And it, it just took out all the good parts of the movie. They just cut it all out. All the good parts in the book, they cut them out to make a shorter film. And it, it just didn't have the same atmosphere mm-hmm. at all. And I was so disappointed. Honestly, I was so disappointed. You were among many that felt that <laughs> <Yes>. way. <laughs> so um, you are a nerd. Do you play role-playing games? Um, okay, so I'm a nerd, but I'm not into gaming at all. That's okay. You can be a yeah. nerd and into gaming. So yeah. um, are you more Star Trek, uh, uh, Star Trek or Star Wars or... Are you like me that likes both? Um, I do like both, but I think I'm probably lean more Star Trek than Star Wars. And the main reason for that is because of the the fact that I was introduced by it, you know, by my mom, and, and those are good memories I have with my family watching it together growing up. Whereas we didn't do that necessarily with Star Wars. So I feel like I I, I don't know, I have more of a sentimental connection to it, I guess. Now that makes sense. Do you consider Galaxy Quest a Star Wars or Star um, Trek movie? I do. Yeah, I I kind of. I mean, I I loved it. It because because they didn't make fun of it. Make fun of it. It was meant as a tribute, and I just loved it. I I love that movie. Well, it's I one of my comfort they, watches. Oh, me too. <laughs> I will. I remember a friend of mine back when Blockbuster existed. A friend of mine was like, came over and was like, "We have to go rent this movie," and she picked it up, and I was like what the hell is this? Cause it, it didn't do well in theaters. Cause everybody was like, I don't get it. Right. Kind of like the princess bride where everybody's like, I don't get it. But now it's a classic. And when watching it, especially if you were a Trekkie old school Trekkie from that, you were like, they nailed every part of that situation without right. um, uh, poking fun at it. They just yeah. nailed it. And it just the actors and stuff made that even funnier to me. Like just, I was sad that Alan Rickman died because they were going to make a sequel, but they decided they wouldn't do it without him. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I, I, I was so heartbroken when he passed. Oh my God. I, 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 he was a great actor and he could pull off of just about anything. And the fact that he did comedy and the serious stuff at the same time, he He was amazing. Metatron in uh, Dogma. Yes. (laughs) I, I loved Dogma is one of my, that's another go-to fun read. That's one that's very interesting because it's in the uh, Harvey Weinstein won't release them out bucket of movies. That's one of the ones that's in that particular bucket. So oh, if wow. you the DVD, cling to it because it is not <laughs> streaming anywhere. But the special edition version of the DVD. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, me too. That That's one of them. There's a couple others that I found out about that were like that. 
and I hope I hope somebody gets his estate soon. That's the way I'm going to phrase that so that I can't get arrested later. Uh, <laughs> okay, what about if you could go to any um, uh, literary universe, what universe would you want to go to? Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a hard question because most of them, there's something really, really bad happening at the same time. Oh, so, yeah. Everywhere. You know, like it, yeah, you know, like the world is ending or or there's some really, you know, dangerous, you know, threat, you know, an alien or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't really feel the need to be in any of those universes. <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I love the books and I'm happy to live in the universe while I'm reading the books, but I really have no desire to actually be in the book. <laughs> So is if is there any character you would want to be, but you would have to live their adventure? Hmm. Well, hmm. Not really sure. So I read like um a bunch of books that, you know, like if it was in the future, maybe for for example, where, you know, because um maybe old man's war be, would be kind of neat to be in. Like, you know, you could get you know a second chance at life even though yeah you're fighting a war but you would get a second chance at life when you when you're so old you can really not get around very well anymore and then that would be kind of because that part would be kind of cool but uh but then i wouldn't like the idea of fighting the war that would be kind of you know terrifying and you could die you know that would <laughs> that would not be good so um but you know some of the characters in that one i i really liked they were interesting um i i don't know i kind of kind of related to the you know the Jane's character more than some of the other ones, and and even even though she was kind of um, you know an odd one, I suppose for for that series, but um, I kind of related to her more than the main character because I guess she, maybe she, maybe it was her personality or something kind of more like mine. Maybe I don't know. Maybe cool. I just realized you know who would be a fun character to be Nancy Drew. She had mm. adventures all the time and figured out things. But not a lot bad actually happened to that character. Now that I'm thinking back on it, like that wasn't something where terrible things really happened to her. That is true. That is true. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Because if, if I think about like um, some of the other books I read, there's always... Because I, I I guess it's been it's been a while since I read any of those that it, they're not really forefront in my mind right now. So I tend to think of the other ones I read later, and they're not really very pleasant. No, it's <laughs> for the characters. You can have amazing things and amazing abilities or amazing powers. Yeah. But usually, you're having a very unpleasant experience. Yeah, yeah, powers. and, and you know, yeah, well, yeah. Even in my book, like you know, Descent of the Vile, like, he's having a very bad day to start, and then it just goes from bad to worse. So. <laughs> So I yep. kind of feel like, you know, like bad things happen to these poor people and, and I thankfully they're not real, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, bad things happen to these poor people and, and you kind of feel like, I, I feel bad for them. Like I'm weird. I actually cry when I'm writing the bad stuff that happening to these characters. I feel bad for them. And, and, um, people think that's weird. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I feel so sad when, like, you know, one, one character had, you know, something happened to his wife and I'm like, right. And, but I'm writing it. Like I created this whole thing. I created the whole scenario, <laughs> but I'm like crying the whole time. 
I, I, I think that's a good thing, though, honestly. I can't remember who said it. There's like a famous author who's like, if you don't feel emotion while you're, if you don't cry when your character cries, if you don't laugh when your character laughs, then how do you know your readers are feeling the same emotions? You know? Um, and I can't remember. I'm sure Jen will know our lead editor. She's, she, she's a PhD in English literature, but I, I, I believe that like, like there are times where I'm writing and I'm like, you know, and I, and like I said earlier, like I gasp and go, no, you know, <laughs> and I, and sometimes uh, I tell people like when I hand them a copy of Cedric, which is the first of my series, I'm like, I hope you get so frustrated at my main character that you want to throw the book away and then scramble after the book because <laughs> you need to know what happens next. Right. I want you to get frustrated with them. I want you to feel things. Um, uh, and it's, Always interesting when, because, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about glancing at reviews. It's always interesting when someone someone gives me a, a low rating because I achieved what I wanted to achieve. They're like, oh, the, the main character is such an asshole in this. I just couldn't get into it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the, that's that was the purpose. So nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's true. I mean, I get because I write uh, horror I sometimes just get freaked out at what I'm writing and have to get up and walk away and like go hug my dog or go to my boyfriend and get in bed. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm going to watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> Do something that doesn't completely freak me out. But then I feel like you, your readers feel that. Like, even if they don't realize it, they feel that and they've created those emotions. And I think... I think that means you've done the right thing. If you were like, do, 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 his wife dies, da, 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 you know, like it's, I, I don't think it then conveys in the words the way you need it to. Yeah, I agree. I think that if, if I'm enjoying the process too much, when something bad is happening, that the, I, I feel like the reader is going to think of it as a fun romp, which may or may not be the proper uh, mood for the book. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, uh, Val, we only have a couple more questions left, okay. so you get to ask so, one. So, uh, let's see. I had two, and oh my <laughs> crap, where did they go? Uh, writing fuel. So, <laughs> Erica and them make fun of me. Like, when I sit down and really, like, in the mood to write, and I'm a nighttime writer, too, there's, like, I have to have a certain drink, either that's hot tea or <laughs> chocolate milk, uh, <laughs> or Doritos in a Slim Jim. That's my writing fuel. Like that's what no, I'm. No, it's not the Doritos. It's like Doritos Oreos in a Slim Jim. All no, it's a same. Slim Jim Doritos and a chocolate milk. That's that's the trio. And my husband knows this because sometimes he surprises me. He says, "I heard you were writing tonight." <laughs> and he and I'm like, sweet. Like, oh, Other is- than any medical or dietitian professional listening <laughs> to the show is like, "Oh my god, God, please <laughs> stop." <laughs> so, what do you have? Certain things that you like to keep? You know, like even Anne Rice talked about that she has a coffee. <laughs> Her beside her computer so she could keep oh. her going and stuff like that back when she was alive but uh so what is yours mm, usually coffee uh and 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 that's if I'm writing during the day I'll try to fuel up a little bit and, and every now and then like I said I can do it but it's just harder so I'll have the coffee 
And at night, of course, I can't have caffeine or I'll be up all night. So, um, which is weird because I fall asleep during the day if I have coffee. Like 10 minutes after I've had the coffee, I'm I'm out. I'm like, but then that night, of course, I'm awake. But um, at night, I'll usually try to have a hot chocolate or something, something kind of warm that's kind of reminiscent of the coffee, right? And right. then um, I don't usually eat because I don't want to get stuff all over the keyboard. So um, <laughs> I'm so weird that way. I don't really... Um, I don't really, I, I, I used to eat like um, Doritos and stuff, but now I've kind of switched to like the skinny pop because I'm trying to lose weight oh, and yeah. it, it is good. It's still good. Um, and I just, I just don't want to get the little uh, residue on the keyboard and have to clean the keyboard. So <laughs> I, I bought this, a keyboard it, that can handle spills. <laughs> this just came yeah. up and I gave the advice to my son, who's a gamer. He plays video oh. games online all the time. And I came into his house and he's on keto now, so now he does this with vegetables and dip and stuff like that. But he mm -hmm. would keep the chopsticks with the little rubber band around them and oh. do his chips, potato chips. I watched him do this. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I don't get stuff on my fingers. That's brilliant, actually. Yeah, that is brilliant. So, I, I love that idea. But, you know, I, and I, can use, I can use chopsticks just fine. So, yeah, maybe. Even Maybe with Skinny Pop, you could have the cheddar cheese version. Yeah, yeah I, I love the cheddar. The white cheddar is my favorite. Yes. So, yeah, I thought this was brilliant. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that in the future. Because I tend to eat stuff that doesn't seem like it would be messy, like cheese and stuff. But it's like cheese and like a charcuterie kind of like cheese and meats. <laughs> and then I'm like, and then yeah. I wipe my pants and then that's a whole other situation. Yeah, I kind of wipe it on the side of the bed because I, I don't have a desk. I don't have any space for a desk in here. So I moved um, last year. Uh -huh. uh, and so I had to move in with family. So I've only got a bedroom to myself right now. So um, and it's, it's, it's fine because I'm lucky I had somewhere to go. Right. I'm definitely lucky I had somewhere to go. But um, but yeah, so I have to write on the bed. I don't have any a desk or anything like that anymore. So. Do oh, you, well. uh, because I know I was in the routine for a while because we had a, a small house uh, for a time that we were renting before we moved. Um, and then I was stuck at the mother-in-law's for 18 months. So I, I feel, <laughs> like, uh, but I used to go to a cafe religiously once a week to make sure that if I could not find space and time in the household, that I made a space outside of the house the house to to do that with do you find yourself doing that more often um i would probably more if there were cafes in this neighborhood uh, this is a oh. weird neighborhood it's like mostly residential mm -hmm. and um the cat the nearest cafe is like i don't know maybe 10 minutes away at least maybe more um oh. and it's not very big so i don't know if there's any room in there for you to sit inside or if it's just the drive-through i don't know so um yeah, I, I wish I could do that, though, because I've thought of doing that. That sounds absolutely awesome. <laughs> so I'm in Orlando, so I have options more so than anywhere else. Yeah, I'm in a big city, but for some reason, like I said, this neighborhood is really odd. <laughs> so <laughs> It happens. It that happens. does. I'm, I'm not in a big city, and I have to drive to go to the cafes, but I've mapped them out because... I sometimes feel like having the bustle of other things and not being able to be anywhere near my own desk helps me dramatically because otherwise I sit here and I'm like, oh, wait, I have this thing to do and then this thing to do. And then all I'm doing are yeah. things 
um, that I've and distractions too, because you know, um, I don't live by myself anymore. So um, there, there would there would probably be more more distractions. Not a lot, but um, but uh, there might be other things that go on that might be um, you know not not as conducive to writing as your. And that's another thing too. So I forgot to mention this. I do put headphones on, and they're noise block noise blocking head headphones. Yeah, and um, so I put those on, and sometimes I put music on, but not always. Sometimes I just want the silence, you know. But uh, if I do put music on, it's usually going to be classical or something kind of moody, but without lyrics, so I don't listen to them. And That's for it's, it's got to be mood music with no lyrics. I make playlists, <laughs> like yeah, I have a playlist, but <laughs> I've actually started. So I found this ambiance music that um was on uh youtube but now i found this has been my latest writing thing there's a viking music playlist <laughs> um, it is oh, wow. literally called viking music on amazon and they just have playlists of viking music and yeah they're doing sort of the vocal not like words because the, there weren't words in those things but that is my latest thing is viking music because it's there and it keeps you company and it's thunderous but it's um yeah i think that kind of thing would be great because you know if they're not speaking english and i don't understand what they're saying anyway it'd be great right so that's um, why i I, use it if it's popular music i will i don't care who they are i will start it could be a jazz band i will start singing with them yeah and i'm like what was i just writing (laughs) fair warning you may end up with weird dreams like jen did so i introduce i am dragon which is a russian like fancy romance dragon shifter romance movie right and it's like to the beat for malik on point right and she loved this movie and she liked the russian variant of it watched it a billion times she ended up having dream where the school was being attacked they're evacuating and she's trying to get the little boy to move and he turns around and he speaks russian to her and she was <laughs> She said, I, without missing a beat in the dream, I said, I'm sorry, my tr- Russian dragon movie didn't teach me enough Russian <laughs> to understand you. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my God. God. Okay, so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but, Cheryl, it is that time, unfortunately. Shameless self-promotion. Where can people find you and your books on social media? Okay, um, I'm on um, Amazon, of course, and you can get them at Barnes and Noble. You can get them at Better World Books, um, almost anywhere, really. Um, IndieBound, um, and then as far as me, I have a website, which um, I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I guess you could look at my link tree. This it's just Linktree slash Cheryl Pena, um, and I'll update everything there because I may be changing my website soon. Um, okay. But right now, it it's gonna be on Linktree. So wonderful. Yeah, Linktree is a great tool for for that reason alone. Right. So. I know. It's so I'm yeah. so glad I found that. Oh my god. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, <laughs> Cheryl. Thank so you. Thank- Go ahead, Cheryl. <laughs> I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be quiet now. I'm sorry. <laughs> painful sometimes. Just painful. It has been wonderful having you on the show with us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. This was very fun. fun. Yes. Okay, listeners, don't forget, like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends about it. Um, I have been Erica Lance. My co-host has been Valerie Willis. Yeah, see, she just waved. Oh, no, she couldn't contain herself. She had to make (laughs) it. We will see you next time.
Thank you so much.